Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 116. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How are you doing? Okay, I think I told you last week that it was going to be a solo episode this week. And to be honest, it feels a little bit like we're flying by the seat of our pants. Because basically what happens if you don't know how the podcast works or how I do it, I batch content. So especially with interviews, because obviously I need to make sure I know we've got interviews coming, who we've got in. Sometimes if I've got someone amazing coming on, I have to wait a while for them to find a space in their diary. So what I try and do is obviously I plan out quite far ahead in advance. But the recent coronavirus thing has really kind of had an impact on the podcast because as I'm interviewing some people, they are talking a lot about it and therefore it doesn't make sense to put the podcast out later sort of in the month or in the next few months. So I've been moving things around. So I apologise if one week you listen and I say next week we're going to do this and it changes because my poor team are literally having to tweak and change as I need them to because Like I said, I just feel like some episodes are worth bringing closer to the front. Some can wait a little bit. So today's is an example of that. And it's actually a really good example of why I needed to bring it so close. Because today's interview is with the very amazing Mark Schaefer. So if you don't know Mark, let me just give you a little bit about who he is and what he does. So Mark is a globally recognized author, speaker, podcaster and business consultant who blogs at Grow, that's what his blog's called, which is one of the top five marketing blogs of the world. He teaches graduate marketing classes to Rutgers University 
and has written no less than eight best-selling books. Mark's new book, Marketing Rebellion, The Most Human Company Wins, is an essential new view of business and a manifesto for human-centered marketing. And it hit number one in both the marketing and advertising categories on Amazon. He's worked with loads of global clients, including the likes of Cisco and Dell and Adidas. He's also been a keynote speaker for lots of huge events. And I personally saw him speak at a few times actually at Social Media Marketing World. And he's also appeared as a guest on channels such as CNN, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, CBS. So to say this guy knows what he's talking about is a bit of an understatement. And some of the books that Mark has written are books that I have read and love. So the one that I really kind of thinking about, which actually isn't his latest book, although uh, that's wonderful as well, but the one that really struck with me is Known. And it's all about the power of becoming known and how that helps you. And not the power of becoming famous and not being insta-famous, but being known as an expert in your industry. It's a great book. I can highly recommend it. And I've linked up to it in the show notes. But the reason I wanted to bring Mark on so soon, I literally only interviewed him a day or two ago. Well, it won't be a day or two, sorry, by the time you listen to this, it's probably like a week or two. But the reason I wanted to bring it on so quickly was because I interviewed Mark during a time where he has coronavirus. Mark got diagnosed with coronavirus 17 days prior to when we did the interview. And coming out of it, and he was obviously feeling much better by that point, but he'd been quite poorly. And coming out of it, he was obviously talking about it quite a lot. And I was very interested to hear how he'd got on and how that affected him, but also how it's affecting the content that he's putting out right now and how he is shifting and changing for this time we're in. So that's why I wanted to get this out to you, because I think it'd be really valuable to hear what he has to say. And I was very honoured. I was his first interview since being diagnosed with coronavirus and as he was coming out of it. So I was very honoured that he gave me his time. We kept it short or kind of bang on the 45 minutes as much as possible, just so that we could not take up too much of his valuable time and his energy, because as you can understand, he was still quite weak. So so I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Like I said, the interesting thing was when I initially wanted Mark on, it was very much to talk about his books and we didn't get a chance to talk about them a whole lot. So I do highly recommend you go check them out because they are amazing. Like I said, Known is one of my favourites. And I do encourage you to look and read what he has to do because from a marketing standpoint, he really resonates with me. He's very much about loving your audience. He's about the consistency and tenacity of creating regular content. There isn't some quick magic button that we can press to become known. So I highly recommend you go check them out. But I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Here's Mark. So it's with my greatest pleasure and honour that today I get to introduce to you the very lovely Mark Schaefer. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad you think I'm lovely. <laughs> I've seen you speak. I can I can clarify. That's exactly what I think. Awesome. And I'm super honoured that you're here because uh, we've just been discussing that Mark is coming out of the end, hopefully soon, of having the coronavirus, which Mm -hmm. I can't imagine must have rocked your world. Well, you know, it did. Uh, And, um, you know, it's it's unnerving in a lot of ways, as you can imagine. Um, Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a 98% recovery rate for the people that get it. So this is, the odds were in my favor for sure. However, 
I am in a vulnerable age group and I am in a vulnerable group because I have a history of uh, respiratory ailments. So this was not, you know, a a thing to take lightly. And um, uh, my wife had it before me and it took her three weeks to get through it. And as you and I are speaking here today, this is my day 17. So, uh, you know, I'm starting to feel a little better, but, you know, it was a really, you know, it was a rough going. It yeah. was really rough. It, it's, it's, and it's amazing when you read the accounts, it hits people in so many different ways, yeah. ranging from, I didn't even know I had it to, of course, you know, the most serious things. And, you know, I was probably, you know, somewhere, somewhere in between. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's funny because there's obviously this thing going on in the world that you're hearing about and is constantly in our faces. But actually Mm. when we sit down and go, who do you know that's had it or who have you actually seen that's had it? So you're probably the first person I've spoken to that's actually experienced it. And like you said, your, your wife had it. And whereas it can sometimes feel like, yes, this is scary, but it's, it's still far enough away from me. Whereas Mm -hmm being told that you've got it because you went and got tested didn't you yes yes my uh my wife picked it up on a on a ski trip um and uh came home and was sick and uh you know we didn't even we we didn't even think uh that she had the virus at first because she didn't have some of the classic symptoms but then she developed a fever you know, and had a fever for four or five days in a row. And we said, okay, you know, you need to be tested. So she tested positive. And then thank goodness, she, she recovered. Uh, It took her three weeks, but she recovered before I got sick, which is remarkable considering how highly contagious it is. Mm. You know, and I was in a highly contagious environment for three weeks and, uh, you know, didn't get sick. And then I, you know, and I started getting a fever and I started getting pressure in my chest. So where we live, we actually had drive through testing. I so I, I never even got out of my car. Mm. And, um, you know, just a shout out to all the brave medical workers out there. Mm. I mean, there were five people standing out there under a tent, you mm. know, um, you know, testing, you know, testing highly contagious people. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so I got my results back in, in just 24 hours and, uh, and, and basically the strategy is to, uh, to let it roll through you. There's, there's no cure. There's no vaccine. You just have to let it take its course and go through you. And, uh, you know, I had, you know, 14 or 15 straight days of fever and there's just nothing you can do, but just, you know, let it roll and, and, and stay quiet and, um, you know, drink lots of fluids and, and, and rest and just let it take its course. So hope, I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm toward the end of it now. Let's hope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm keeping my fingers very cross for you. And, and like you said, it's not just the illness, it's the mental impact on it. It's the, the fear. Cause I think the getting that result going, I've got it must've been pretty terrifying. Well, you know, I, I, I kind of waver, you know, I mean, you have to have, you know, focus on what you know and focus yeah. on the moment. But, you know, there were a couple of times that were sort of, that were sort of scary where I thought, you know, wow, I, you know, is this going to, is this going the wrong way? 
And, you know, am I going to end up being in a hospital? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then you get a little bit better and then you get a little worse again. So it's, it, it is both a physical and a mental roller coaster for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. The other thing that's interesting is, so obviously you've come on the podcast today because I want to talk to you about your books and, and the stuff that you normally talk about. And do you feel like sometimes it feels a bit frivolous? Is, does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? It's like when you're dealing with something so mm-hmm. big, it seems mm-hmm. almost frivolous to go, oh, tell me about your marketing strategy. Do you know what I mean? Well, um, in some ways, I mean, I think what we have to do right now is is sort of reframe our our business and our strategy based on what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. You know, are you relevant in this moment? And I I've done that. I mean, I I I've been I pivoted my content, you know, five or six weeks ago, mm-hmm. knowing that some of the things that I you know, well, not some of my things, all of the content I had planned seemed irrelevant. Yeah. And uh, I sort of had to like take a couple days to regroup and think, well, look, you know, what do I do? You know, I'm a, I, I'm a writer and I'm a speaker and I'm a consultant, but you know, the mm-hmm. overarching thing and all I do is I'm a teacher and I'm still a teacher, but I needed the world needed me to teach something different. And I do have a background in, in psychology and counseling and coaching. So I pivoted my content to explore topics like how do you deal with uncertainty? And, you know, how do you sell in an environment where people are grieving? Yeah. So, uh, and then I started a series of uh, Facebook live videos where I would tackle some of these topics and then I would take questions to try to help people. And then these videos are also available on, on YouTube. So, you know, my content and and my strategy certainly did seem frivolous, but I quickly pivoted to Mm -hmm. something that was meaningful and helpful. And I think we constantly have to reassess that and kind of read the room and think, you know, where is the world right now? Where are our customers right now? They're Mm -hmm. suffering. You know, they're scared and they're suffering. They're losing their jobs. They're losing their, their security. They're mm-hmm. under tremendous strain. You know, maybe they're, they have strains in their relationships. Maybe they, they don't even have enough food right now. So, you know, we, we just have to look at everything in this moment. And, and now, you know, that I'm starting to get better, my mind is starting to think about, okay, well, what happens when this is over? How am I going to be relevant when this is over? What's the world mm-hmm. going to look like? Are we still going to have conferences? Are people still going to, you know, buy my books? So yeah. it's it's a it's it's a constant right now. We we have to be in constant reassessment and and evaluation of of where we all are in terms mm-hmm. of our businesses. And it's interesting, when this first started, I was like, great, this is going to be great for batching content for those people who can't go and do their day job, they can do all this. And the truth Mm -hmm. is, I can't batch content right now, because Mm -hmm. it's a moving feast every single day. So, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of doing things like interviews and, and, and getting guests on, it's a case of, you know, literally trying to do it and, and put it out as quickly as possible because of the fact that we don't know where we are. But what I really yeah. love about this is is what you're effectively doing is is kind of 
along the lines of what you teach in terms of you are delivering something for the customer instead of sitting there going, but this is my message and I'm just going to keep throwing it out and throwing it out and throwing it out. You are looking at the the person on the other end and going, what do they need right now? And whether that sells you books or whether that gets you speaking gigs or whether that sells someone's product. And this is funnily enough a conversation I've been having a lot with lots of people where I've been talking to the the business owners in my academy and I've been saying to them, but what do your customers need right now? And I know that might not be the thing that you currently sell or did sell or the thing that you currently serve, but what can you do to help them? Well, I think that's a, a vitally important point because, and it's, and it's so difficult to comprehend, especially for smaller business owners um, who might be facing, uh, you know, insolvency even. But, you know, if the, the way I've described this in my, in my writing on my blog is really aligning yourself with the good old Maslow's hierarchy of needs that we learned in Psych 101. Yeah. So what, this was an idea that, that it was a pyramid. And at the bottom of the pyramid are your foundational human needs like shelter and food and air and water. And then above that would be sort of, you know, things like money and, 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 and relationships, you know, am I lonely? Am I loved? And at the very top of the pyramid are aspirational goals. Like should I buy a boat? Yeah. Now, you know, most, most of the world right now is at the bottom of the pyramid. So if your business is serving that bottom of the pyramid, you need to double down on your marketing, right? You need to just, you know, you're, you're relevant. You're in tune with the needs of the day. If you're delivering food, if you're in the medical industry, uh, you know, if you're delivering some sort of online entertainment, then that is certainly where people are today. If you're, but if you're selling something that's aspirational, then you need to think about how do we protect our brand in this environment? Because in the long term, in this period that we're in right now, the brand is more important than the short-term sales. And I know that is hard to understand. It's hard to think about. But let me give you a little, uh, a brief example. So one of the industries that's hard hit right now is real estate. Uh, you know, some of the houses are closing that were, were under contract for the last couple of weeks, but people are locked in. So they're not going to open houses. Uh, they may have financial insecurity. And so in many respects, you know, uh, traditional real estate is an aspirational goal. Well, we have a real estate agent in our community, you know, who has now pivoted her business and she's created this community group to make protective masks for our hospital workers. Right. Okay, so you think, okay, what's that got to do with real estate? But in the, you know, in the short term, there's probably nothing she can do to sell more houses. But let me tell you something. People will not remember her for a house that she sold. But people will never forget her. For creating this community effort to to create these masks and help people, you know, in this in this crisis, mm. because she's moved her message and her brand to the bottom of the pyramid. 
you know, and yeah. that's what we all, that's what we all need to do right now. And that you're so right in terms of when you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs that we, we've not had to worry about that bottom layer for probably for most people listening to this, probably ever, you know, ever. we've, We've not had to worry about, is there enough food? Have I got shelter? Can I afford this? Can I afford to live? Can I look after myself? Is my health okay? You know, we've not had to worry about that stuff. So this now is a very different place. And it, and I think it it brings out all different reactions to things. So it's interesting that some people are like, you know, they're really leaning into what's happening and they're working hard and they're doing things. And, and even myself, and I was I don't know whether you've done Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram three, which basically means I am constantly kind of trying to achieve things. And I, when I see a problem, I want to fix it. And and I instantly jump to action. And, and that's what I did. So I went online and I did some masterclasses about how they could, you know, if they wanted to try and get their business online, you could, and and tried to help in a way that I could help with the Mm -hmm. skill that I had got. Um, Mm -hmm. But then you've got people who, like I said, you know, they're not like that and they don't want to do that. And therefore they're not going to resonate well with necessarily still trying to ram traditional marketing down your throat and, you know, and just look at how all the, one thing I've noticed on the TV recently is the big companies, their adverts have changed. So yes. they're now talking about what they're doing to serve and what they're doing. Right. To exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, I, and I think that's, that, that's a good observation is, is watch what the biggest companies are doing right now. You know, the, the best managed companies, you know, watch what they're doing right now. I mean, we've got a, a local, you know, a restaurant chain here that said, okay, here's the first thing that we're going to do. We have to make sure that our healthcare workers are fed. We have to make sure, you know, and, and, and they just looked at, again, foundational community needs. And they said, none of this other stuff really matters right now. You know, we have to, we have to look at survival and making sure that these key organizations and these important people make it to the other side. And that's why we're here. That's what we're going to do, you know, in our, in our community. And so let's just talk, obviously one of your books that I've read and I've gone through is known, mm-hmm. which is a great book talks about how to get uh, seen and known on, you know, in, in your space. It's not about becoming famous or becoming an Instagrammer or whatever. It's about becoming an authority. And I think that sometimes when things like this are happening, people look to those people, don't they? I think they they kind of look for the steadiness or they look for the kind of what are they doing and how are they reacting. And so do you feel that, uh, and is this one of the reasons you changed your content, that as someone who is known, someone that is being watched, again, I saw when you put your post up to say that actually you've got coronavirus, that the messages were immense. You know, there was so many people and was so many well wishes and but do you think when you are in the more public eye that you really need to consider how you come across at a time like this oh absolutely so i mean there's there's a lot of interesting layers to your question so first let's talk about you know you you asked me early on about you know relevance and this particular book known is incredibly relevant right now. And here's why. Because this is about building your personal brand in the digital age. Mm-hmm. And in the long term, people who are known, and this uh, it's, it doesn't mean being famous. Being known means having the reputation, the authority, and the presence to get your job done. Mm-hmm. 
to give you the very best chances to get your job done, whatever that is. Yeah. You know, get more phone calls returned, raise more money for your charity, get a new job, right? If you're known and the other people aren't, you have a permanent and sustainable competitive advantage. So be so this is one of the things I've talked about is that if you've got some downtime right now, if you know, if you're a business leader or you own a small business, this is one thing that you need to be working on right now because that, you know, you're going to need to stand out on the other yeah. side of this, right? Um, and small businesses in particularly, I think, are ideally suited to take advantage of this idea of the personal brand. So now let's bring it down to your question about me. And, you know, this, this was really difficult um, to talk, to think about what is my role right now? I take, you know, I've been very just absolutely blessed to be in a position where people pay attention to me. You know, they, I have a big audience and they listen to me and they trust me. And I do not take that for granted ever. I take this responsibility very, very seriously. I want to set a good example as a leader. And I never, ever want to take my audience for granted. So, you know, I had to think about what is my role now? You know, what is my role, first of all, in this crisis? And second of all, as a sick person. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, I really was thrown for a loop for a couple of days, to, you know, uh, when this whole thing started rolling out, trying to just get my feet back on the ground and think about what is my purpose now? Mm. Um, you know, my speaking business has dried up. My consulting business has dried up. You know, yeah. what is my, what is my purpose right now? And so, you know, we talked about, you know, pivoting the content. And so then I got sick and it's like, okay, now what do you do? And what do you say? I don't know if I'm going to get better. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a scary, real thought. You know, uh, am I, you know, I don't want to, you know, like publicly document a death march. No. Uh, but so, you know, what sort of resonated with me, one of my heroes is, uh, is Brene Brown. And uh, she's, you know, if, you, if you're not familiar with Brene, if your listeners haven't heard of Brene, I highly recommend her, her, her books. Uh, she's a wonderful academic and uh, just an amazing uh, and, and generous person. And I thought, well, look, you know, you know, Brene is a leader who I admire. You know, what would Brene do in a situation mm-hmm. like this? And the words that came to me is, is be brave. Start there. You know, um, just start with brave and see how the rest rolls. And so that's sort of the position I took to say, oh, look, you know, I, what's going to happen is unknown. Uh, I know what's happening right now and uh, just start with being brave and using this as an opportunity to destigmatize the disease. Uh, and that, ha- and I think I, I helped that because for many people, I'm the only person that they knew who had it. Yeah. And, you know, I could kind of make it real. And I think that was important. But I also 
whenever I talked about my disease, I also used that as an opportunity to dispense hope, to mm-hmm. talk about, you know, to uh, talk about focus on positive, the importance of not panicking and being calm, to mm-hmm. taking, to be really gentle with yourselves and taking care of, you know, relationships, because we've got people now who are locked, have been locked in by themselves or with kids yeah. or with their spouse for weeks and weeks now. And we've got a world who's about ready to explode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, we got, we have to fight to get to the other side, but mm-hmm. we have to do it with our loved ones. You know, at, they have to be standing with us on the other side. Yeah. So I, I so what I've tried to do is, is because I have so many people who care for me and so many people who listen to me that I've tried to use this as an opportunity as a, to, to teach and to inspire and to, you know, do whatever I can just to, you know, help people and touch people in a positive way. And I think you said there about teaching them to be gentle with themselves. I think this is what's really interesting at the moment that there's there's a lot of guilt about everything going on at the moment, a lot of shame, a lot of, especially if people are business owners and A, if they're business owners anyway, but if they're business owners that work from home like me and suddenly you wake <laughs> up in the morning and you don't feel like doing something and you don't know why you don't feel like doing something. And then there's, you know, the other side of when people are going, great, you can use this time for X, Y, Z and you can create this thing and you could do these things. And actually just because we've got the time and the space doesn't mean our head is in the right place. Doesn't mean emotionally we feel like doing that stuff. So actually being gentle yeah. on ourselves about that. Well, I'm actually working on a, on a blog post about that exact idea is that, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of people, a lot of, you know, gurus out there now saying, Oh, you know, this is the time to achieve. And this is the time to write your book. And, yeah. you know, this is a time to, you know, create something extraordinary and look, you know, the biggest goal we can have right now is arrive, mm. is to be yeah. there in one piece when this yeah. is over. Yeah. Seriously. Mm. Seriously. And we, we have to pay attention to the little things. Yeah. You know, the little things like staying healthy in, you know, being locked up in a, in a, in a, in a flat mm. and taking care of relationships. And, and comforting and nurturing our children who don't know what the heck is going on. They can't go to school and they can't go on the playground. And, you know, it's these little things mm. that are important right now. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of undue pressure, you know, from the gurus right now to be remarkable, mm. you know, and forget it. You know, it's, uh, you know, basically for the last two weeks, uh, you know, I've just blocked everything out, just concentrating on, you know, sit in a chair and get well, (laughs) you know, uh, look, you know, I kind of feel bad. I could be achieving all these things. I could be doing all these things, but my goal is to arrive. I've got to arrive. And to do that, you got to take care of these little things. That is, that's the most important thing right now is get to the other side, you know, uh, or you're never going to be able to uh, accomplish those dreams. (laughs) No, no. And it's just a period of our time, isn't it? It's just a a period of our life where it's, it's not like it's ever been before. So we can't be hard on ourselves for not 
going out there and absolutely killing it and doing these things. And if people want to do that, then great. Awesome. That's, that's great for them. Um, but doesn't mean just because someone else is going out there doing it, that you've got to be sitting there thinking, Oh God, you know, I've got to do this too. But like you said, it's, I, one thing, and I'm trying to take as many positives out of this situation as possible. And one thing that for me has been positive is those teeny tiny things, those teeny tiny moments, thinking of all the things I'm missing that aren't the big, massive things, you know, they're not the flying on a holiday summer. Don't get me wrong. I am missing that, but it's things like on a weekend, we don't cook. We go out for dinner every weekend. We, we spend time in a bar or in a restaurant or relaxing and talking to each other. We, you know, do a Sunday lunch somewhere. We see our friends, we see our family popping to get a coffee somewhere. You know, these things in a world of ours now are so taken for granted. Yeah. But at this point, it's suddenly like, and I think, like I said, not that I want us to be here, but I think it's almost like an amazing reset that we should all be thankful for, that we've all gone, actually, we were doing all right. It's one of the things I've talked about is that if you can imagine, we're not that far away from the world literally exploding with joy. Mm. (laughs) Because we're going to rediscover those simple joys of hugging who we want to hug. Just that of going to a coffee shop mm. or going to some to see somebody play music, yeah, or uh, or going to a beach. So these are the little things that you know. I think we won't take our generation, at least, mm. uh, won't take that for granted uh, any longer. And the thing that's going to be fun to really watch is as we get closer and closer and closer and we start, you know, coming back to some sort of normal existence, how the world is literally going to just explode with joy. You know what it's making me think, you know, when when it's like a playtime at a a school or a, you know, young children and you're like, right, nicely now, nicely now. And then suddenly it's like, no, they can't hold it any longer. And they go running across the the playground. The the bell, the bell rings, (laughs) the doors fly open and the kids are screaming to get onto the swing set. That is going to be all of us all over the world. The minute we're told we can go back to a normality. So, yeah. So, the other thing I'm using this time for, which, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm very cautious. When this first started, I was like, come on then, let's do this, let's do that. And then I've gone through a bit of a self-discovery of looking at things and reading things. And, and like I said, I pulled out the Enneagram thing again and, and suddenly realized that just because that's my character doesn't mean it's not right, or it's not wrong, and it's not the same as everybody else's. So, but one thing I have been doing is the fact that I, I like to read anyway, but of course that's a kind of luxury sometimes when you're busy and you're doing your thing. So I have actually been consuming so much content because I've wanted to and I've enjoyed it. And, and I was listening to Known again. So I listened to lots of books. And one of the things I love about it is the fact that you, you read it yourself, which I actually, I don't know about you, but if I'm listening to a book, I actually really like it when it's the author saying it because it's your words coming out of your mouth. And so that was lovely. But the other thing that actually that I listened to, funnily enough, just this morning when I was re-listening to some chapters that you were talking about is this, this creation of content and this creation of longevity and people not wanting to necessarily put the, you know, they don't have the tenacity to keep going. And then I thought about the situation right now in terms of 
one of the things that I have seen is people coming to me who I have been telling for a very long time, you should be doing this, you should be doing this. And then suddenly this happens and they're like, I want it and I want it tomorrow. And it's like, it doesn't quite work like that. Right, right. And that's that kind of gets back to the point I made earlier that um, if you haven't really worked on your personal brand, this is a good time to do it. Mm. You, it's, it's never too late to start, but it does take time. It does take time. It does take work. It does take patience, but you know, other than maybe reimagining your business for the current times, I think working on your personal brand is probably the most important thing. Most business owners can be working on right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think as long as their expectations are managed, uh, as long as they're not, and I think this is sometimes a problem, which is what is so refreshing about how you speak and what you do, is that I think sometimes in this world in particular, in digital life, they think it's just a case of, oh, well, I just put that one thing up and suddenly, boom, there I am. You know, I've got these people following me and yeah. I've got this, yeah. this kind of profile. <laughs> and and still to this day, I think people think we're hiding something under our desks that, you know, well, actually, here's the magic button, but we're not sharing it with you because there isn't one. There isn't a there, magic There button. really isn't. There really, you know, I think one of the most powerful things, most powerful illustrations of this is I, I wrote a blog post and in the blog post I had this illustration and it showed um, the number of subscribers to my blog over time. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been blogging for, uh, I guess it's maybe 11 years, maybe close to 12 years. And, um, and I've been consistent and I, I, blog, uh, I blog one or two times a week, every week for, you know, 11 years, let's say, and I've never missed. And I've had lots of blog posts go viral. I mean, really huge posts that are shared thousands of times and commented on thousands of times. Now, if you look at this, at at this uh, line of the number of people who have subscribed to my blog over these 11 years, it's just a nice, calm line going mm-hmm. up. There's no bumps, not one. There's no spike. So whatever you hope for in terms of going viral, having that big hit, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is consistency, is becoming a habit in people's lives. So they, in, they look forward to what you produce, whether it's a video or a podcast or whatever, and you say, okay, it's Monday. Here it comes. I'm, I know I'm going to, let's see what Mark does this week. Mm-hmm. And you become part of people's lives. And slowly but surely, you grow. I had an opportunity and I learned a great lesson. Uh, I got to hang out with these this well-known rock band called the Black Keys. They're one of the biggest rock bands in the world right now. And, you know, I... I got to 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 hang out backstage with them and and talk to them right when they were starting to have some huge success. And I asked uh, Patrick Carney, the drummer for the band, I said, "Was there a pivot? Was there a moment when you when it just took off and you knew, yep, this is it? I mean, we finally hit the big time." Mm-hmm. He said, "No." He said, "There isn't one." 
you just keep working hard and you want each record to do a little bit better than the last one, a little bit better than the last one. And I think that is the approach to content. That's the approach to, to personal branding that is irreplaceable. I make a comment in my book known that consistency is more important than genius. I truly believe that. Just becoming the, a habit in people's lives and outlasting your competitors is, is, is a big deal. But you got to start. You got to yeah. take that step and you got to start. And you also talk about the fact of, you know, the, the most well-known person in the space isn't the, necessarily the, the guru or the genius or the, the, you know, the most smartest person. Mm-hmm. It's just the most, the person who had the tenacity to just keep going and going and going and put that content out there and keep, because at the end of the day, we're all in industries and, and, you know, you do lots of case studies of different industries, but we're all in industries where it's competitive because, there probably isn't an industry on this earth that isn't got some competitor of some sort. And people's worry is that, well, how am I going to stand out? How am I going to be different? How am I going to do this thing? But I guess, you know, and you know better than I do, but I guess the truth is it's not a case of that. It's the case of, you know, just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And then you'll find, or the people will find you that like you, you, you know, just because someone else is doing it successfully and they're doing it their way, doesn't mean it's because, it's a particular style. It's just that they find their tribe that love the way they do it. And hopefully if you're consistent and keep showing up, then you're going to find your tribe. I also want to emphasize an important point that becoming known is a, is a, is a process and you don't necessarily need to be an expert in something to be known. And that's going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, but let me just give you one example. So I started blogging in 2009 and, um, I guess that was suggested that I have been blogging for 11 years and, um, I didn't know anything about blogging. I, I really was clueless. I hadn't studied it. Uh, I just, I wanted to learn and, uh, I was pretty terrible. And at first, nobody was really reading it and nobody was really commenting on it. But I kind of learned the ropes through trial and error. And I shared my journey. I said, here's what I did right. Here's what I did wrong. Here's what I would do next time. And that is also a legitimate way to build an audience, to peel back the curtain and show here's my journey. And a lot of the people who are featured in Known, in fact, all the people featured in Known, they weren't born an expert. Mm. You know, they didn't start out, you know, somehow with this golden glow around them. Now, I started blogging in 2009. I didn't know anything. In 2013, four years later, I wrote the best-selling book on blogging it's called amazing. Born to Blog. Okay? So I wasn't an expert in blogging. Yeah. No one anointed me as an expert in blogging, but over four or five years, I learned a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I became an expert. So so, so for, for a lot of people, for everyone, really, being known can also, it, it's, it's, it's taking people along on your journey. Mm. And interestingly enough, one of your case studies in the book is Joe Wicks, who's here in the UK. Yes, and- that's exactly who I was thinking about. Right. It's so, one of the good case studies. Yeah. And you know what's interesting at this time? So when all this happened, Joe now has a, a daughter who I think is 
oh, probably one, two, something like that. But of course, all the schools shut. So Joe immediately, and this is what I love about being a having that that following, but also being so flexible that you can twist and change and move because you are your business. So Joe immediately went out and said, "You know what? Every morning, nine o'clock uh, for the next, I think it was two weeks, I'm going to do a PE lesson for all the children." Yeah, because of the fact that obviously it'll be school closed, and obviously he's very keen to make sure they're still moving. So he live streamed on YouTube every morning at nine o'clock, and millions upon millions of people came in their droves and he was on every tv program and he was on every news thing and he was being interviewed here there and everywhere and it was just like it's almost like if you had to do a full circle of writing that book talking about him this thing happening now and what he's just done it's like there we go handed on a plate perfect he you know it's almost like he couldn't have done it better in the sense that yeah I, I did it well, and I love the way you're tying things together here, because again, Joe in, you know, he, he's not directly, he's not going to make a dime from doing these free, you know, exercise videos, but think about what that's doing for his brand. Yeah. In the he long is. term, he's becoming a beloved legend. He's becoming yeah. a legend. Okay. Yeah. And that's the opportunity that we have is, you know, to become legendary, to do something in this crisis that people will never forget. Yeah. Um, let me tell you a, a small story. I think I shared this on one of my blogs, but it really connected to a lot of people. Uh, in Earlier in my career, I was a sales manager and we had a um, a customer who we were really disappointing. Uh, our product was, uh, uh, we were having quality problems. We we're shutting them down, but they kept buying from us. So I flew to Philadelphia, had lunch with the president of the company. I said, you know, I really appreciate, you know, what your, you know, your, your loyalty over the years, but I just have to ask you, why are you buying from us when we're, we're destroying your company? He said, well, let me, give, let me tell you the, the answer to that. He said, this company was founded by my father. And during World War II, our company wasn't going to make it because the products we were making were irrelevant, right? We needed to pivot and start making stuff for the war effort. But we didn't have the money, we didn't have the equipment, and we didn't have the technological know-how to do it. Your company came in, helped us get the equipment, financed the equipment and they brought in the technical resources to teach us how to pivot and make it. And on my father's deathbed, he said, never leave this company. They brought us to the dance and we never will leave you. And that's an opportunity that that, that's an idea that shows, you know, in this terrible, terrible crisis that we're in, we do have an opportunity to do something you know, extraordinary that will create loyalty forever. Yeah. You know, on the other side of this, you know, and it doesn't have to be financing something. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, buying equipment. It can just be something like turning on a video camera, like Joe Wicks. Yeah. And realizing this is, this is how I am relevant in this moment. 
This is how I can help in this moment. And that's how you become a legend. <laughs> Honestly, that story just gives me goosebumps because it's just that, like you said, they're never going to leave you. That you, you know, the, the company saw an opportunity to help, you know, not necessarily thinking about their bottom line, not thinking about how many am I going to sell, not thinking about, you know, how many more followers on Twitter am I going to get by doing this, by genuinely going out and doing something that could support them. And that was it then that loyalty and I think more in this world than ever it's so important and yet people think that they can do the fly by you know throw a load of Facebook ads get some money in move on to the next lot and it's like no it doesn't stand it it might stand for like five minutes but to get loyalty like that you're never going to get that off a Facebook ad are you you know that is just a phenomenal story Mark, thank you so much. I am so grateful for your time and so grateful that you have uh, continued to have this interview with me today, even though you are still recovering. And I really, really appreciate it. And I really look forward to the day when we are back released into the world like new fresh animals <laughs> and, uh, and I get to see you speak again in person. I can't wait for that. And thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me. So that was the amazing Mark Schaefer. Like I said, I was very honoured that he gave me his time, especially after being unwell. And I thought what he had to say in his take on things was really, really interesting in terms of how we can show up today and how we can show up for our customers and our audience. And I loved some of the case studies. I loved hearing what he had to say. And honestly, for me, it's it's the way it is. It's the way it should be. And it's the way I am. It's about being authentic. It's about showing up. It's about serving before selling. And I watch lots of sales tactics out there and I watch lots of people fly to fame and and it's not necessarily real or as authentic as I'd like. And I know that although it might take longer, it's definitely the way to go. So I hope you enjoyed it. Please do let us know. And I'll see you next week. I was going to say for a solo, for an interview, I have no idea right at this moment. So let's just see what happens. Please have a wonderful week. Keep safe and well, and I will see you then. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review. 